0: In this travel update episode, Sefren tells us all about his short trip to Berlin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Optal FM. I'm Gelada And I'm Sefran. And today we're doing another travel update. Mm. Uh, But this time it's not me.
1: (laughs) No, it's usually you actually. It's usually
0: me. It's usually me, but this time it's you. Because Mm. you pretty much just got back. Yes. We've conveniently recorded this. Just got back from a trip to Berlin. Mm, Been on my jollies to Berlin with yeah, my partner. Very nice. Uh, and you were gone for, what, like, not a week, but like five days or something like that? No,
1: no, it was only four days. Oh, three four nights. days. Okay. But we flew out super early on the Tuesday. Right. And we flew back really late on the Friday. So we, we got like the most amount of time out of three night stay sort of thing.
0: Right. And why did you, um, why Berlin? What was your, what was your thinking?
1: Well, we, we wanted to go sort of like in a short city break as opposed to a traditional week away in like the... Tropical, Mediterranean sort of th- kind of thing, and I'd been to Germany a few times for Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments primarily, uh, and I visited a few cities like uh, Bochum and Leipzig, mm-hmm. uh, but I've never been to Berlin before. Mm. And I thought, well, I really enjoyed my time in Germany when I was there mm. for those tournaments, but I've never been to its capital city, so that mm. sort of seems like a missing opportunity
0: and also you uh you really love your history, right? And there's a lot yes. of history in Berlin. so yeah, I was is. surprised actually that you hadn't been before for that reason, mm. if nothing else, was just like that the history side of things I would have thought would be like a you know a huge draw for you
1: it absolutely was and i've got loads and loads to talk about there and recommendations and things to watch out for Mm. uh and i'm sure laura my partner was probably banging her head against a wall by the end of it like not another museum banging her head against a a wall a wall (laughs) oh pun intended um but yeah she she really enjoyed that but I think I definitely got the most out of that than anyone. I'm sure. Because I've always been really fascinated by um, the Cold War and the Berlin Wall, especially. Mm. Uh, Like the history of Berlin as a whole is really interesting going back Mm. even, you know, into sort of medieval sort of times. But the Cold War era is sort of the area that I enjoy the most uh, for for that history. So being able to go and really physically see and touch Relics of that time was was really awesome for me, yeah. And it just sort of coincided with the fact that the flights were so unbelievably cheap as oh, well. Okay, when we we booked them, maybe like maybe two months in advance, you know, not like super far in advance. Oh yeah, a- I think it was only like thirty eight pounds return each.
0: Why? You know, Why are they so just, cheap?
1: What, what I don't it? know, but they were. I mean, th- they could go a little more expensive, but I mean, for the most part, they were no more than, say, £50 each, mm. depending on which ones you chose. Where did you fly from? Did you fly from Manchester? Manchester, yeah. yeah. We flew from Manchester Airport to um, Berlin Tegel. Because uh, there's, there's, it's really weird because Berlin actually has um, three airports, two of which are in use, and there's a fourth one which is now abandoned. Oh, okay. Uh, and for a city that isn't actually all that massive, like it's a big city, but it's not huge. No. Having that many airports is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, Berlin Tegel is the more central one. It's sort of like within the city itself for the most part, whereas uh, I think Schordenfeld, I think, is is the other one, uh, is a bit further out. And that's kind of like a like bit of an London actual I think so. Yeah, maybe not. You know, not quite as far as Luton is from London, <laughs> but it's a little bit more further, a little bit further out than, than Tegel. And then it actually has a third airport that has never been used. Um, it was supposed wow. to open in twenty eleven or twenty twelve, I think it was. And it's like a brand new, spanking airport, right? But it's never been used because it has like really bad safety issues with it, like what? with, with its fire suppression. So it's never actually been open to the public, despite having like you know hundreds of millions of pounds worth of investment and in construction on it. Yeah. That's crazy. Why haven't they? Why haven't they sorted it? Uh, they I'm not, not 100% need it? <laughs> sure. I, I, I think it's a case of like it costs more to fix the problems than it is to just sort of maintain so this like brand maybe new rese- airport. Maybe like recession based as well? Like Possibly. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of history there that you could research and look into, even though it's sort of like so recent. Um, one of the really funny anecdotes about that airport that I remember reading was when they finished it basically they finished the entire construction like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. They put all the monitors up and the screens and everything for the airport, you know, for like, you know, where your gate is and like where to go and all that kind of stuff, right? Like airline information. But because they left them on the entire time, the screens got burned. Like had burned images on them. Yeah. So they've had to replace all those screens as well within the airport, even uh, though they've <laughs> never been used for an actual flight ever. Wow. You know, so I think that's fantastic that they've wasted all that money. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Well, anyway, yeah, so we, we flew to Berlin Tegel um, from Manchester. Like, it was £38 return for each of us. So the, the flights were less than the cost it was to park the car at Manchester Airport. Yeah, oh,
0: that's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you picked a city break, right? Like, rather than, yeah. you know, going somewhere else. I mean, I'm, I'm also a huge... I'm a huge City Break fan, like going and visiting cities is a great way to to like relax, but also do so much. Right. And and see a lot of things. Mm. So what was the what was the sort of highlights? Then the number what would
1: be your number one highlight from Berlin? For me personally, it would definitely be physically seeing the wall. Right. Um, yeah, the yeah. old Berlin wall for maybe sort of listeners that aren't aware because maybe, maybe they're not. Germany, for itself, was, was kind of split in two during the Cold War, between East and West, between sort of like the NATO nations of the United States and the US, uh, UK and things like that, and the USSR, the Soviet Union. But Berlin itself was also split down the middle, even though Berlin was very much in the east end of the country. So the city was quite literally divided by a wall for like 20, 30 years, mm. uh, where you could not cross between those two without very, very good reason or, and a lot of documentation. Uh, and people died because of it, you know. Like a lot of people tried to kind of get from one side to the other, dying in the process. Right. I was going to say, why? Why couldn't you just go around it? Well, because it was an actual border, like. East Germany and West Germany, for for the the most part, were basically separate countries. It'd be like trying to go from, say, France into Germany if there wasn't sort of like an open border policy. So It'd be like trying to go from, say, the United States of America into Mexico. Like, although there are border crossings, like, you can't just simply go across at any point because, like, it's all controlled. So
0: was it the west side that was the isolated side, effectively?
1: Because No, it it was more the other way around, almost. Like, even though East Berlin was in eastern Germany... And all of Berlin was Eastern Germany. The West Side was actually quite accessible for the most part, for most people. But getting in and out of Eastern Berlin was quite difficult. uh, And you needed to have, like, a lot of paperwork and documentation to have any reason to do so at certain points in its history. Wow. Going and physically seeing the wall, which is now knocked down, like it's all been dismantled and, and demolished. But there are segments of it still standing, both in its original location, but also kind of throughout the city as sort of uh, memorials and, and mm. artwork pieces. Mm. But there's a, there's a stretch that's about 1.3 kilometres long uh, called the East Side Gallery that runs along one of the rivers there which is now used as like an outside art gallery where every kind of section of the wall is like different, either graffiti art or just normal art or whatever. And it's really, really amazing to see. And it's so tangible because you can touch it. You know, you can feel that wall, which was covered in barbed wire and had like a pretty much literally a no man's zone between the wall and the other side of the city Mm. uh, where you couldn't go. And if you did, you would almost certainly either get arrested or possibly even shot. You know, and being able to touch that and walk along, it was was something I've always wanted to do. Uh, It's always fascinated me. Uh, So being able to do that was definitely my highlight. Mm, Nice,
0: nice. So you stayed like pretty much in the center. right? You said that it's not it's not super big
1: as a city no i mean i don't know really because it's hard to get a get a gauge of it because i haven't been to a lot of big capital cities interestingly other than like tokyo which i think is a bit of an outlier yeah because it's just so massive um but it felt like berlin was actually a relatively small city like i'm sure the kind of metropolitan area of berlin is much bigger than i experienced like sort of like london is a much bigger city when you actually look at it politically rather than Right, where you, where you go sort of yeah, thing if you sure. visit the London city itself. It's like tourist versus actual, Yeah, well, Yeah, exactly. Um, but Berlin was relatively small in that sense. I found that I could... If I wanted to, I could walk from one side of the main city areas to another, quite simply. It would mm. be like an hour and a half's walk, but it, it would still be doable. Mm. But because of how amazing the public transport system was, it felt very small. Like you could get from one side of the city within like 20 minutes, no problem. Mm. And there was always another bus or was always another train coming that you could easily hop onto and, and get from one place to another. I
0: mean, we love um, a good
1: nerd out on public
0: transport, right? I mean, we yeah. talked a lot about um, Japanese public transport and stuff like that before. So tell us tell us all about Berlin public transport.
1: Well, it was really interesting how different and similar it is to... Well, we use Japanese as, a, as the comparison in that it is just as efficient and useful as Japanese public transport, but it's completely barrierless, So at no point where you stop to say, where is your ticket before you can enter this mode of transport because there's there's four main uh, ways of transport around the city there's the there's the S-Bahn which is the kind of overground normal trains there's the U-Bahn which is the subway system the, the tube there's the tram system and there's the bus system and they're all owned by one company they're all like one sort of like government body controlled so you don't have to have different tickets for different ones if you buy a day ticket for example mm. then you can just access any of them at any time mm, that's useful which is super handy. But unlike, say, in like London, where you kind of use like your Easter card, for example, or like a day trip or whatever to, to bip on and off, you just walk on. And there's no barrier to stop you from going on and off anything. You just kind of get on, get off. And we had four-day-long sort of tourist tickets called the Berlin Welcome Card which are a little bit more expensive than buying an individual day ticket each day, but they give you a lot of discounts to a lot of sort of the main tourist attractions, like all the museums and and things like that. Like you could go to, say, the zoo, and I think it's like €15 entry, but you get 25% off if you have your card, so it goes down to like €11 or whatever. So that quickly paid for itself in all the discounts as well. And that we only had to present to a driver once on a bus, which was quite a quiet bus service, sort of like on the more outskirts of the city. But when we were in the, the centre of the city, sort of moving from one place to another within the middle, we never, ever got our cards out of our pockets really? at all. Yeah, wow. Drivers didn't want to look at them. They just wanted you to get on. The trains had no one to even check them in the first place. The only thing you need to make sure of was that your ticket was validated. So when you buy it, you put in like a little machine that stamps it with the time it was validated. So say when it's valid from until sort of thing. And that's it. And otherwise it was completely barrierless, which is really, really good. Mm. It was really economical as well. Like if you wanted to buy a day ticket, I think it was only seven euros, which is the equivalent of like about six pounds, I think, Mm. for like unlimited travel on all modes of transport within the sort of main Berlin area. And it's a little bit more if you wanted to go into sort of like the outskirts because they've zone them into like a b and c and okay. the c zone is a little bit more expensive but you don't need to go outside into the c zone unless you're visiting further afield. like you can go into potsdam for example which is a little bit further out and we never left that kind of a, the a b area as it were so okay yeah public transport i can't recommend enough and it was really impressive how quick and easy everything was it seemed to run pretty much 24 7 i think like we didn't stay out super late but like One time we were outlined to like midnight and the trams were still running and the the buses were still running, no problem. So we never had an issue where we couldn't get where we needed to go very easily. Mm, Cool. Did you use um, like
0: CityMapper or something like that to like find? to work out where to go and stuff like that just use Google Maps oh okay fair enough
1: because it's in the EU and we won't start that conversation mm. but because it's in the EU the there was no roaming charges so I just used my phone like yes. I would back home no problem not for long uh, not for <laughs> long potentially but let's not get political on Occl um <laughs> And so as a result of it, I just went on Google Maps and said, I want to go here. And it sorted it out for me. And it was really, really easy. Um, the only things that were a little bit kind of hard to work out was because in some areas, we stayed in Alexanderplatz, which is quite central. It's kind of like the, the main areas of the central city. Because there were so many methods of public transport in one place, it was kind of hard to figure out which stop it wanted you to walk to on Google Maps. Right. So you had to sort of walk between each individual stop and say, is this the one I need? And then kind of make, oh, no, it's not. I have to cross the road to this other one over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which wasn't a problem by any means. Like, it's still perfectly easy. But sometimes it was like, I have to walk around to a few ones to find out which one you're supposed to be at. Because Google Maps wasn't quite accurate enough with where the stop actually is. but the actual stop that you wanted to get on and telling you what like train or tram or whatever to get on was was really straightforward and simple Nice, and they've been very kind of tourist friendly in that sense in that all the methods of transport are just labelled by numbers and letters Um, so it's like if you want to go on the train it's like it's the S3 and if you want to get on the tram, it's like the M5, for example. There's no names involved in things in terms of the actual transportation methods. Nice. So that made it much easier to, to know which one to get on. Whereas, like, I don't know. I don't know London well enough, but sometimes I feel like that's a little bit more complicated. Um, yeah, like I the mean, buses and the tubes are the t- the tube is a little bit more complicated than mm-hmm. if you don't know the language, especially.
0: It can be, yeah, definitely. We mentioned actually back in, in our episode about London Coffee Festival, right? I think that we... Mentioned, or I mentioned that one of my favourite coffees at LCF was from a Berlin-based mm. roastery and cafe chain called Nineteen Grams, mm-hmm. and uh, I hear that uh, you uh, went and went and checked them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. I, I really really enjoyed that visit because, like I say, we went exclusively on your recommendation from London Coffee Festival, uh, which we talked about in a previous soundbite episode. Mm. And we we went, and I think we went to their main store, cause I think they have three in Berlin itself. And we went to the one in Alexanderplatz. And we went in, and it was really nice. And it was it was relatively small, uh, but it was kind of, it was still spacious and airy, if that makes sense. Like, they yeah. didn't try and cram it full. Um, there was lots of space between tables, and it was kind of, everything was glass walls, so it was very kind of spacious and airy. A bit of a rainy day, unfortunately, which kind of put a damper on things. But uh, so we could damper. have sat outside, huh. but hey uh, but he was still really really nice and the staff were lovely and really friendly and i'm not i think she was the owner but we just got talking to this lady uh, who ended up happened to coach the same university i did uh That's which was mad. so weird like we were just kind of talking she asked us where we were from i was like oh you know we're, we're near manchester she's like all oh, right okay i said yeah we're, we're, we're from a, a town called uh called preston she's like oh no way i went to university there i was like what so you went to uclan she's like yeah, yeah, that's. That, I went there like a few years ago. I was like, that's so weird because that's exactly what I did sort of thing. <laughs> but I think, I think she's going to, if she listens to this, she's going to be really offended now if I'm wrong. I think she was Australian, like from the accent, maybe like New Zealand. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, so I do apologize if I'm wrong. Mm. But yes, yeah, so it was just really weird that there was like this, this such small world connection between us, you know.
0: Well, especially because it was then, like, based on me seeing them at LCF, yeah. potentially the per- people that you were, that you yeah, like, spoke no, to, the staff members. She,
1: she did say that she was there, the, the coffee festival. She said how stressful it was because, like, there was only three of them that went for their sort of store. Yes. And she said that the, the trade days weren't so bad, but the public days were an absolute nightmare. Yeah. How stressful it was. Um, but, she, yeah, it was really, really good. And it was super cool to see sort of all that because they have all their, like, roasting equipment, like, visible from the cafe, so oh, you nice. Kind of I did wonder there. if the roastery was based there or not. Mm, there was a, these giant machines you could see, sort of back behind you, like with huge amounts of coffee bags everywhere. And the, the the actual cafe itself was really nice. The food was really good, and I even bought a couple of bags of coffee, which I'm going to take down to the land with us, so Ooh. you can you can try some 19 grams coffee. Oh, again. very nice.
0: Very nice. Jamie will be pleased.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend that. That was super cool. Uh, and it was such a nice sort of like Octal FM connection as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so um, cool. Which was, which was really, really nice. Very nice. And that was one thing that I was going to kind of segue into, actually, because I just sort of mentioned it there in the cafe. Berlin is a brilliant city for vegan and vegetarians. Like oh, okay. literally everywhere we went, even the smaller places, had you know, plenty of choice for dietary requirements, either through choice or necessity like everywhere had vegan options everywhere had vegetarian options Every was really inclusive in that sense hmm. um so and, and i find that that's becoming more and more the case in the western yeah. world as a whole but even here in the uk like there's plenty of places and it doesn't fuss me because i don't have any requirements at all but i find plenty of places that don't have many options or they have, might have like a token vegetarian option at best yeah and that's it but berlin felt very inclusive in that sense it was always an option for you if you had requirements
0: yeah i mean i guess it's also it's interesting to compare because that's also very similar to london right mm. so you know in terms of sort of similar style of metropolitan area where there's lots of choice but then for you right coming from you know up north where that's sort of less of a thing then you, s- mm. you notice it perhaps more because you are visiting somewhere that is sort of very metropolitan so but that's but that's super cool and interesting to know
1: and we really had no problems with dining either. There was always somewhere interesting to dine. Mm. We, we, we tried to be a little bit more um, varied. So our first night, we actually ended up in like a burger restaurant. Mm-hmm. um and it was a i think it was a chain i think it was called peter Payne. It was, it was just this delicious burger kind of restaurant and they did like these ridiculously huge burgers and it was really nice and really tasty uh, and it was relatively affordable as well like nothing was too expensive and that's actually one thing that i came to was although we spent more money than we intended to i had to draw out some more euros while well, i was there mm. it even though we spent more it wasn't actually an expensive city i found like nowhere was overpriced which is kind of surprising, considering the fact that it's the capital city. Yeah. If you go to like London, for example, you get ready to get your wallet out, sort of thing, right. and, and pay yeah. the premium. But I didn't feel that in Berlin. I felt like there okay. was we could have easily have eaten much cheaper if we'd gone to sort of like just normal smaller restaurants. But equally so, like even the nicer restaurants weren't overpriced. I found that it was good. kind of pretty reasonable. So it
0: was pretty affordable to go. It was affordable. What was the accommodation like? Was that was
1: that pretty easy as well? And, and price wise, was that decent? I. It it was absolutely fantastic for the money we spent. So we stayed in a hotel called Leonardo Alexanderplatz Berlin Royal or something along those lines. And I think it was I think it ended up being like eighty something pounds a night for the two of us. Mm. So I think it was like two hundred and seventy pounds in total if you say three nights. I think that's about right. Yeah. And Although that's not cheap and you could easily stay cheaper somewhere else in maybe like a small Airbnb or like a bed and breakfast or something. That's still reasonable, though. But I was going to say, we were pretty much centre of, yeah. of Berlin. Like, if you look on the map where that is yeah. now for, for yourself... Yeah, for where you were, that's
0: really, really good value. If you compare to... Like, you would be paying... Easy, you could pay twice that for somewhere yeah.
1: similarly located in London. In London, yeah. We were maybe a five-minute walk from the main transport connections for Alexanderplatz, ten-minute walk to Alexanderplatz itself it was, like I say, it was about 80-something pounds a night and the hotel was really lovely. Like, it was not the kind of place you'd expect to only pay that price for. Like, it was it was kind of like a fancy sort of business-style hotel with, like, lots of nice extra, extras and, and everything. It was really, really good. The rooms were fantastic as well. Um, very spacious, uh, very modern. Like, everything was sort of, like, quite stylish. It it wasn't your typical sort of boring hotel room that you've seen a hundred times before sort of thing. It was really, really nice place to be. Like, the whole outer wall facing outwards was just glass like it was all one big window um mm-hmm. like it, it was swanky. really really lovely yeah it was and we did but we didn't pay swanky prices for it yeah, which is yeah, great yeah. so i i recommend staying there 100 percent if it's sort of within your budget it, it's really really fantastic nice the staff were fantastic as well everyone and that was something else about germany and i always feel guilty about this but they spoke perfect english <laughs> and basically everyone we spoke to spoke almost perfect English. i
0: feel like we've talked about this very briefly
1: before yeah. right? but it's
0: just such a it's such a thing about being able to speak English and visiting places. It's just that you it's just get a, away with
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cheat. It's like you've got cheat mode enabled. Yeah, it really like, is. Because really really I was is. wandering around and there was quite a lot of Chinese tourists there. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, if they don't speak English, there's no way the Germans will, well, many of them, at least anyway, will speak Chinese. No. right. Really. <laughs> so, like, that must mean that the Chinese people have to learn some, some German. And that felt almost like normal that should be what it is like but there's me just rocking up and i was like oh good morning and then immediately they go from like speaking german to, to speaking perfect english like, oh good morning how are you yeah 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 uh, and i was like this is not fair like that. this is too easy <laughs> um and i think the only instance we had a bit of a a, a language barrier and it was really weird was uh, my partner popped into into burking she just needed to use the toilet and we didn't want to stay and buy anything but we just popped in and she she called me because she went downstairs to get used to the, the restroom. And she called me on, on Facebook, said, can you come down for a second? I was like, why? What's up? She's like, well, there's this lady and she won't let me leave. So I, I came down and there was this old German lady that didn't speak a lick of English. And bearing in mind, we we're in like a Burger King in Alexanderplatz, sort of like middle of Germany, middle mm. of Berlin, sorry. And she won't let my partner leave the, the bathroom before she gives her 50 cents Right, on this little plate. Yeah, But we didn't have any change at this point. We hadn't bought anything at this point. I only had, like, a 20 euro note, and that was it. And I was like, well, no, because it's a Burger King. There's no way, like, you're going to force me to pay money to use your toilet, sort of thing. And if you did, you'd do it beforehand, not afterwards, right? Yeah. But she just kept shouting at us in German. And I I was trying to explain, like, I'm sorry I don't understand you. Like, I don't (laughs) have any money. And eventually I said, just come and walk away. And, like, you could see the anger in this woman's face. And I was like, well, you're not helping me here at all. Like, you're just shouting now. So... That was the only time a language barrier really came into effect. Um, and I don't really know what was going on. I think maybe it was a charity, maybe, where, like, donate 50 cents because she's sort of, like, helping keep the toilets clean, maybe, or something. I don't know, but apparently they weren't all that clean anyway. That is very random. Was that... <laughs> I don't know what it was about, and I still don't know. And it, So if any listeners know what that lady was doing,
0: like, maybe <laughs> like, it's a common the... thing. How uh, how offensive were you in, your, in, not, in not giving up yeah. any money?
1: But I didn't know is it anywhere. else. like we went to like plenty of places, and we used loads of like you know restrooms around the city, and not once did that happen again. And nowhere did we have to pay anything to to use the restroom. So I don't know what was going on there at all. But she was quite angry. So (laughs) I don't really know what was going on. That's really funny.
0: Yeah, a bit odd. Um, What else then? What what other things were you mentioned about going to Eastside Gallery? Talked a little bit about where you stayed and some of the food you
1: ate and the coffee you drank. Oh, (laughs) Um, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually have as much coffee as I was expecting because I found unless I was willing to have sort of like the equivalent like Starbucks sort of thing there wasn't a lot of takeout coffee place like quick places Okay, a lot of the nice places were very much sit down sort of cafes which were great but we didn't always have time for that like we wanted to kind of get on to the next place we wanted to visit so we ended up having a lot less coffee than I would have expected to Um, but whenever we did stop I always made sure to have a cup of coffee oh and and I know it goes without saying but the beer was really really nice oh yeah I mean I
0: was going to come on to the beer (laughs)
1: like every meal in the evening I always sat down to make sure I had a, a couple of Berlin lagers sort of thing, like birds and pilsners. And what I found super cool and also kind of telling of the quality difference was every restaurant I went into, I was given a menu for like the alcohol that they served. And none of them had any options to buy so you your typical Budweiser or Stella or anything like that. There was never on the menu yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it me? was like, do you want this Berlin beer or this other German beer or this type of German beer? And that was it. Like, because they just know it's just better. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was super good. I mean, I don't know a lot about German beer. Like I know a little bit about like ales and stuff from sort of our discussions in the past. But German beer, I don't know a lot about, so I won't pretend to, but I really enjoyed what I had. And I'm sure it was just fairly standard, but it was really, really nice and refreshing. And yeah. So I always used to try and make sure I had a, a couple of those each meal. But in terms of the overall city and things that I visited, we we maybe did a little bit too much museuming. I don't know, but I was just so keen to see as much of it as I could. And the museum for me that really stood out was the very first one we went to, which was the Wall Museum, uh, which is basically just a museum talking about how the wall came about, why it was built, what happened during the process of it being a, a thing, and then the subsequent destruction of the wall and all the people that were affected as a result of it. Because it was a relatively small exhibit, and it was quite hidden away. Weirdly, this big building that was advertised like a pirate restaurant or something—it was really weird. What? But it was, <laughs> yeah, it was like this giant red brick building by the river, and on the big side of it was like the pirate restaurant experience or something. That's so random. But then, like, there's a small sign sort of on the road that said like uh, the War Museum, second floor. So you just went up, and it was there. There it was. But it was a little bit tucked away for an otherwise fantastic museum. Mm. So that was really, really good. And I highly recommend that because it made it really relatable. Everything was, all museums we went to had English sort of like plaques, I guess you'd say, like uh-huh. in German and English on the same sort of like uh, stands and and boards and everything. But then a lot of the other museums we visited, and some of them were really bad for it, was there was just too much information mm. in that it was just an overload there was no way it could be relatable especially to someone like my partner who isn't anywhere near as much of a history buff as me like she didn't know a lot of this going in yeah her trying to take all this information in in one big go was just too much of a task and it just became almost like a boring school trip Mm -hmm. as opposed to an interesting experience and learning experience for for something so you know importantly historical so was there anything that
0: you would if you went back or if you could do differently is there anything that you would go and see that you didn't like is there anything you missed that you wanted to go and see
1: we did yeah i, I didn't get a chance to go to the ddr museum and that's not the dance dance revolution i was gonna museum. say that's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not what i was expecting you to not say. that one no it, it was the basically it's a museum that sort of shows the life and how things were in east berlin uh okay. sort of during that period of time and rather than it being focused say on the wall or the politics of things i mean that would have been part of it obviously but it very much the idea was to show the life of of people like how they live what things look like you know because it was such a different world even though it was in the same overall city so we didn't get a chance to go to that unfortunately we also didn't get a chance to go up the Reichstag building which is like the one of the main government buildings which you can visit because you had to either book it in advance quite far in advance like two or three weeks in advance or you had to kind of queue up and get like a potential free spot within the next sort of two hours. Right. So we weren't really prepared to sort of waste that much time Does that mean to you go didn't
0: up. Uh, follow your rule of, of going up a tall building to look around at we the did. city? We did. Oh, okay.
1: So weirdly, we didn't go up the tall building, which is the TV tower. I'm not going to try and pronounce it in German. It's like the Feuchsturm or something like that. Well, you um, just did. <laughs> well, yeah, but not intentionally. Like I did it in comic. But we we didn't go up there because the day we were going to go up, it was absolutely terrible weather. Like, it, it rained most of the time we were there, unfortunately. Uh, it was only nice on the last day we were there. So we wouldn't be able to see very much anyway. But it was quite expensive. It was like 20-something 20 euros, 22 euros each. Right. So it was like £40 pounds to go up a tower. And don't get me wrong, like, it would have been a nice view, but, like, it was quite a lot of money. Mm. But in the end, we ended up going up the top of the Berlin Cathedral instead. Okay. Which was a really beautiful building. And it was... Huge, huge interior, sort of like traditional, sort of you know what you expect from a kind of Christian cathedral sort of thing, uh, and it was only five euros to go in if you had the Berlin Welcome Card. Yeah. So again, it made it much more affordable than forty euro, forty pounds sort of thing, and it's almost as high. It's not quite as high, but it is almost as high, and it was such a cool sight. Like, because you were outside as well, rather than being indoors, you were outside on the kind of ring of the, right. the cathedral around the roof of the it. dome. Yeah. Yeah. So you had the sky above you. And it we went on a nice day as well, so that was a beautiful sight. So I, I highly recommend that as a cheaper alternative to seeing sort of like the Berlin skyline. That's your
0: top tip. Yes. Yeah. The Seferin the Seferin Tower of Choice is mm.
1: <laughs> The only downside to it, unfortunately, was that there's no opportunity to go up at the night. Okay. So you wouldn't be able to see the city. At night time, with all its lights on and right. everything, because I think the last admission is like seven o'clock. That's, I think that's
0: advanced mode going up a tower, though, isn't it? Going up at night, you know. That's the if you're really serious, then you do that. You do the night shot as well. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's what I always love to do when we we're in Japan. Yeah, like, I, I want I go, I'll go up tall buildings at night because it's just it's so much of a nicer view, in yeah, my opinion, yeah, yeah. at night than it is during the day because it hides all the ugliness of like a otherwise potentially ugly city. Which, by the way, Berlin is not. Berlin is a beautiful city, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, they only get the ambiance of all the lights and the the glow of everything. Yeah, so you, that's always a that's always the best thing. <laughs> but we didn't this time. And the one thing that I wouldn't do again, or would maybe caution people on, is all the museums on Museum Island. Right, so there's like a a, a small area in the city called Museum Island, which is sort of like an area of land split by the rivers which has got like, I think like seven or eight museums on them, like all really good museums from maybe a scholarly sense. But we went into one of them called the Nuss Museum, which I think is just translated as the new museum. And I found it really boring. Really? Really, really boring. It was super expensive. It was 20 euros each to get in, right? For, and that was with a welcome card discount too. Mm. So it was probably even more if we didn't have that. Uh, so it was really expensive. Considering, like, all the other museums we're going into were, like, five, six euros each sort of thing. And... It was very much what you expect when you go on a boring museum trip with school and you're sort of like wandering around going, yeah, that's another old coin. (laughs) Uh, You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Yes. And this is coming from a history student, right? I I love history. and I was bored and I can only imagine what my partner was feeling when we went in. And it was it was all like uh, displays and artifacts of things like Egyptian and Nubian and Assyrian sort of like relics. Yeah, like prehistoric stuff. well, I don't know, prehistoric, but but certainly kind of like ancient civilization sort yeah. of thing. Uh, and it was good if you knew what you were looking at, but if you didn't know what you were looking at, it was just the same stuff over and over and over again yeah, yeah and i think the other museums in that area were very similar to that as well which is why we didn't bother going to another one and i know that maybe sounds like a bit of a philistine type of thing to say but it was just boring especially by comparison to the excellent museums that we went to about more recent history about like the berlin Wall or about yeah, the cold yeah. war or about world war ii because we also visited a museum uh dedicated to the life and kind of the symbol that became known as hitler like it was all about him uh, and, like, how he became the person who he was. Mm. Uh, and then all these kind of, like, events throughout, say, World War II as well. Which, obviously, is a very somber topic. But it was presented in such an interesting way that you mm. would learn about something whilst also visiting a, an otherwise quite serious museum. So I think that was so much better. And I really regret spending that much money and time going to an otherwise pretty dull museum. Mm. Um, Fair which I imagine some people are like. Oh, you're wrong, but I mean, <laughs> it depends yeah, on each, what you like. Each, each it? to their own. It depends on what you like. Um, the one last thing that I missed as well, and I'd be remiss to mention this on Octol FM of all places, is Berlin has an absolutely fantastic video game museum. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called the Computer Spiel Museum. I think it is. Mm. Um, my, again, my pronunciation is probably horrendous, and. It's been visited by some, like, pretty big-name people. People like uh, Steve Wozniak, Mm. uh, Randy Pitchford, Hideo Kojima, they've all visited. And it's just exactly that. It's just a video game museum showing, like, all the consoles and games from, like, the earliest of 1970s sort of, like, Magnavox Odyssey and, like, Coleco and Intellivision all the way up to sort of, like, modern-day consoles and everything in between. And at the time we went as well, they had, like, a, a temporary exhibit on... Japanese games and Japanese culture within mm-hmm. video gaming as mm-hmm. well which was kind of super relatable as well and that was fantastic and again that was sort of that was quite cheap that was six euros to go in nice and yeah it was really really cool to go in and I highly recommend that too uh, that was a little bit out of the way that was sort of like in the more out of the way area on the east side of the city so it was perfectly accessible from public transport but it isn't, like, within walking distance of every other museum sort of right, thing, if that makes it. sense. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend that if you go in, because it was really, really good. Amazing. Wow. I mean, I, I think we've basically...
0: We've got, a, we've got an Octal FM trip uh, itinerary yeah. <laughs> in, in all of that. Like, a couple of museums, the cathedral, video games mm-hmm. museum, get a
1: welcome card. Amazing. Oh, and... Berlin Tegel Airport on departure is awful. Like, oh. you basically sit in a 1990s, like, coach station to depart. Like, you know, you go to, like, London Stansted or, like, maybe even Manchester Departure Lounge, and it's, like, all nice, and there's all these, like, lovely restaurants and bars and everything you can go and sit in. No, it was just, like, a, basically a shed. <laughs> uh, and this is one of Berlin's major airports, for crying out loud. And we were sat there, and all the walls was sort of, like, a greasy spoon-style, like, croissant and, and coffee stand. For, like, seven or eight gates for departure. Oh and we were all just crammed into these tiny seats. It was awful. By comparison to the rest of Berlin, that was terrible. Fair enough. So uh, get, that new, get that airport built, finally. Yeah, get it finished. Yeah, finish. Open know. that new airport. <laughs> Fix I all the TV. Close these two. Fix yeah. all the TV screens. <laughs> uh, but I highly recommend it. And as a whole, I really enjoyed sort of the, these short city breaks. And although they are more expensive than... They could potentially be when you end up spending all the money on like nice food and everything, you can still go on a relatively good budget and get like a really enjoyable experience out of it. Yeah, it
0: doesn't really sound like it was, um, re- you know, relatively speaking, it doesn't sound like it was too expensive at all. No, which is great, not too bad, amazing. Well, thank you. That was great. I think um, I think everyone listening is now is now planning a trip
1: to Berlin. Yeah, I, c- I can't recommend it enough. Beautiful city, beautiful country, wonderful people, uh, much more affordable than you'd expect for a capital city uh yeah i can't recommend berlin enough amazing Uh, brilliant brilliant place
0: um and we'll put some links to you know some of the places and maybe some photos and stuff Mm -hmm. in the show notes um this is one of those episodes that probably benefits from having a good little set of show notes Uh, and then yeah if you if you go yourself um or if you if you're from berlin and you you know there's something we've missed then let us know and if you go to berlin um then let us know how you get on and Mm. uh, if you go to any of the places that we've mentioned yeah, and then maybe we'll have a chat about those on a on a soundbite yeah, or something. On a soundbite, like yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, I, I definitely want to v- go back and visit again and, and kind of see all the things I missed this time round. Mm. So, if you've got any suggestions, I definitely want to hear them. Amazing.
0: Well, yeah, thank you very much, Seth, for your debrief. It's good mm, to good you to for catch up. You ramble, and, yeah, good to catch up and find out all about it. Yeah, and yeah, if you want to get in touch with us about anything that we've um, spoken about, you can send us an email show at octal.fm. Or come and grab us on Twitter, at OctalFM on the Twitters. And Facebook, facebook.com forward slash OctalFM. And in the meantime, I've been Gilardo.
1: And I've been Sepharon.
0: And catch us again for another episode of FM very soon.